Coming up on this episode of the runningrestaurants.com podcast, I interview Rev Ciancio of Branded Strategic Hospitality. We have a great talk about marketing. We hit on first-party takeout and delivery ordering versus third-party good stuff there, database building, email, and social frequency. And we also walk through a bunch of successful case studies that he's worked on. So you do not want to miss this. Check it out. All right. Welcome to the runningrestaurants.com podcast, where we bring you the tips, tools, and techniques you need to make your restaurant more profitable and successful. I'm your host, Jamie Oikel. And today we got a great episode featuring David Rev Ciancio of Branded Strategic Hospitality. Uh, David does a whole bunch of stuff. So we're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff, but the focus is going to be restaurant marketing, uh, uh, which I really look forward to. It's one of the things I, I love, the, love the most to talk about. So why don't, why don't I just ask you this question and we'll dig into this piece. We'll go to your, we'll go to some examples later. We'll uh, talk about your background, but if you had 60 seconds to grab the attention of a restaurant owner today in this marketplace with what's going on, and that's all you had 60 seconds, what kind of quick tips would you share, man? I would tell them two things. Number one. Okay. You need to break the chokehold of the third party delivery apps, right? You got to get your customers ordering from you directly for the obvious reason of paying high commission sucks, but also you need to get control of your customer's journey. And this leads into the second one is you have to have, be building a database of your customers and you have to be regularly communicating with them. And I know you've had Matt Platt on here. Matt Platt would tell you the same thing, mm -hmm. uh, but I think you need to have multi-channel communication, right? So it can't just be email. It can't just be Instagram. It can't just be whatever you're using. You have to be hitting customers everywhere they interact with your brand. Yeah, listen. That's Sixty I, seconds. Did we get there? I think I think you might have snuck in there. Absolutely. I, yeah. Listen, I, I I echo all that stuff, hundred percent. And we're gonna unpack some of that stuff. But I just I just wanted folks to understand some some high overview stuff. That is definitely good high uh, high high stuff. That if you're not doing uh if you feel like you're not doing delivery right, we're gonna talk about a lot of that a lot of that today. If you don't have a database, we're gonna talk about that today. Um, we're gonna kind of go unscripted here and chat about stuff. But uh, background for you been in the restaurant business yourself or an owner or you, tell me that tell me about that so i'm a former new york city bar owner mm -hmm. um we were pretty bad at operations if i'm being honest uh but we were really really good at marketing and in fact what happened even while i still own the place is other operators would call me and be like dude how did you get so many followers on facebook like oh my god how was your yelp how come you have so many five-star yelp reviews like just one like how come how'd you guys build such a great email database like I just had a knack for it. I came from the music business. And so like, I just treated the bar like it was releasing a new album. <laughs> uh, and so I just learned a whole lot about marketer and, and I learned something really important. Um, they don't call them restaurant marketers. They call them restaurant operators, right? Because they're not good at marketing. And so I learned that my skill set was, oh, I'm really good at restaurant marketing. So why don't I just go do that and help as many restaurants as I can? Yeah. Uh, absolutely. A couple of things there. So when you operated the restaurant, you said you were a bad operator. Did that mean your, your margin sucked and you were just, you were, you got, you were selling so much damn alcohol that, that it still worked <laughs> out anyways. Did it come down to that? And, and finally, did you, did you learn some lessons about the operation side or what, what happened? Yeah. No, no, no. And I half joke. The, the truth is the reason we lost that business is we had a bad partnership. So just a quick background, we owned a two-story bar. There was a, a, a ground level bar and a basement bar. And me and my two buddies operated the basement bar and three other guys had the ground floor bar. Now, as far as New York City is concerned, it's one SLA license. And as far as a landlord was considered, it's one, one lease, right? 
we separated the business into two floors. The guys upstairs ran the business so horribly, they got $200,000 in debt and didn't tell us until they were until they were desperate, hmm. right? Now, because we had one lease and one license, essentially it becomes our problem, right? When they threw their hands up and said, we don't know what to do, we were like, we were stuck. So we spent another year, the guys downstairs, trying to dig them out of the $200,000 to no avail. No. Um, and we essentially sold the business at a loss and I actually still owe money on it, which freaking sucks. But, um, we were actually pretty good. We were about to make money at the, at the Rathscaler, the downstairs bar, but we had a bad partnership and the guys upstairs were so bad that it just screwed the pooch. Yeah, man, that's, that's a bummer story. But yeah, listen, I, pro probably, I, uh, I'm not the only person to have that story in this business. You know that's what, I mean? what I'm thinking. I'm thinking <laughs> that people are listening going, oh, that sounds a little bit familiar partnership that didn't work out and losing money and so forth. But uh, real question before you get in, into the marketing stuff, I'm curious on, on the music side, you say background in music. Did you play? Did you have bands? Did you just promote stuff? <laughs> Those who don't play manage. And that's what I did. So <laughs> I was an, I was an artist manager and an agency owner for about 11 years. Oh, shoot. So, All right. Um, I played, I do, I did own a bass guitar and one day I got rid of it cause I realized I didn't know what to do with it, but, uh, I was essentially, I was an artist manager. Well, you could probably still look cool holding it at least. Man. <laughs> well, hopefully. All right. Well, let's get into marketing. Um, you, you definitely, uh, hang your hat and talk a lot about this third party stuff. So let's start there. Um, COVID, uh, we're sitting, we're sitting here in May to 2021 COVID's been over a year now. Uh, people have learned a lot about takeout delivery. Uh, what they didn't know 14, 16 months ago. They, I don't need to do it. And of course, everyone decided they needed to do takeout. They needed to do delivery. They quickly got on apps. They did this. They, they made money, lost money, et cetera. People had to do it. They had to learn. And now I think we've learned enough to know that there's certain things to, that you should do and certain things you shouldn't do. And you know a lot more about this stuff than me. Let's, let, I'll kind of let you go and I'll pro probe in with questions along the way. Uh, what do folks need to know to get delivery in their control where it's actually profitable and so forth? Sure. Well, I'll tell you how I learned it, right? So pr prior to the pandemic, you know, just like you said, some people were like, ah, I don't care. I do care. It's a pain. I don't like it, whatever. Like we didn't quite have the pain, right? Yeah. Pandemic hits and now we live in this totally off-premise universe and delivery is and pickup is everything, right? And so we were forced to use these third parties and we were forced to start doing delivery. And what happens when you start doing a high volume of something that costs you a lot, you're like, I got to reduce the cost, right? And because the third party basically owns the customer journey, meaning they have all the contact data, you can't remarket to that customer, right? There's, and there's no way for you to drive a second trip. Well, this is the restaurant business. This is all about return trips, right? It's not, it's not like um, siding you buy for your house once, you know, or, or you make like a decision to get car insurance every 10 years. With restaurant, you want to drive frequency. But anyway, uh, you know, February of last year, I was the CMO for a, um, a, a software company and I got let go. Basically, they were owned by TripAdvisor and TripAdvisor was feeling the pain of the pandemic before we really were in the shores of America because global travel company. My boss had to let go 60% of the staff that day and I got let go. So as I was literally, I was at my desk, I'm packing my bags, starting to have the freak out. Like, what am I gonna do? I got mortgage and a wife and healthcare and yeah, yada. Uh, I called a buddy of mine named Robert who owns a bunch of restaurants in New York City. And I was like, dude, I just got let go. Are you looking for any help? And he was like, yes, can you be here in an hour? <laughs> okay. Uh, and so I literally, I still have my, I, my, my, I cleaned out my groceries from the, the corporate fridge. And I literally took my groceries to his office. That's and anyway, at the time, 20% of his orders were coming through first party, meaning they were coming through his website. And 80% were coming through Grubhub, right? It's a lot of commission to pay, 
You know what I mean? And he's like, figure this out for me. Like, help me get more. And some other marketing stuff. And then the pandemic hit like two weeks later and he was like, I'm bleeding. Please help me. So it was in that moment that I made it my mission to help him get more first party orders. And through a ton of trial and error, like, let's try this, let's try that, let's try, let's spend this money, let's try a Yelp ad, let's try this thing, let's this message, and calling literally everybody I know in the business. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? We success modeled. Well, it took us three or four or five months, but we figured out a way, right? We stumbled our way into figuring out how to take him from 20% orders coming through Grubhub to 40%, sorry, 20% first party to 40%. He literally doubled the amount of orders that come directly to him, right? And what we were able to do then is increase retention. Mm -hmm. So once we got people to come switch to convert from Grubhub to ordering direct, we could actually increase their order frequency. So then like we don't really care about Grubhub because we know two things are going to happen, right? Number one, you're going to order from Grubhub one time. Then you're going to order from his restaurant and then we're going to get you to order again. And the second piece is we're going to get to you to order more frequently. So like now we love Grubhub. Now we think they're amazing because it's a source of acquisition and we just look at it as a cost. You know what I mean? All right. So you just talked about something that like everybody, not, not everybody, but tons of restaurant owners go through that, have gone through that same mental thought process, right? Um, nobody likes doing something where when the box leaves the, the building, they're like, oh shoot, there goes another $4 to, that I just lost by serving a customer. Uh, Cause some of these commissions are, are crazy. Uh, that you have to deal with. But if you do look at it from what the story you just told, the acquisition side, okay, fine. And now they're now they're my customer. Walk me through the difference in that first party order profit-wise, saying say they order the same darn thing for sake of argument, same darn thing versus same darn thing versus versus the app. How much uh, of a difference is it uh, at the for the bottom line? Well, you, as you know me a little bit more, if you ever attend any of my webinars or my trainings, I talk about how bad I am at math because I'm really bad at math, right? But we did figure this out. <laughs> and essentially, like for a Manhattan restaurant, your average order is like 37 bucks, right? If you're paying 30% commission, I think that's $11, right? Oh. And so if, if somebody pays, if somebody does a $37 offer and 11 goes to Grubhub, right? You recover that on the next one. You've got 11 bucks back in your pocket, right? Your cost of acquisition there was 11 bucks, but because it was, you didn't have to pay it, it's almost a net. It's a net net, right? If they order a second time, like now you're in a super profitability and now you gotta look at LTV, right? So like, if I get you to order from Grubhub once and I pay 11 bucks for that, I get you to order directly next time, I didn't have to sacrifice the 11, so I'm net equal. Right. I order one more time. I'm positive 11 bucks plus whatever my margin is. So that 11 is just the recovered fees. Does that make sense? A little bit, a little bit. You know, the one thing I'm thinking about is, uh, yeah, there's there's fees to using a third party. There's there's got there's obviously some inherent costs in having a first party solution because you have, I don't know, somebody's software and a service thing that costs. I'm just make up a number fifty nine dollars a month plus X dollars in order much smaller, I'm sure. How do you, how do you factor those costs into the equation? Are they insignificant in comparison or 
or what? Yeah, it's not. A, it's certainly not an apples to apples equation. It's important, right? But like everything's a cost, right? I had to buy a shirt to be on a Zoom call, like you know. It's, Part of thank operation. You did. Yeah, thank you for doing that, by the way. You're very welcome. Um, you know, like it's part of the problem, the, where it is, is operators look at it cost the wrong way. Okay. Having online ordering, having your own, some people just call it an OLO, right? Should be seen as an operational cost, right? It shouldn't, or an operational investment, right? Like I have to do this. It's like you can't own a pizza shop without having a pizza oven, right? Well, you can't own a restaurant in 2021 and beyond without online ordering. You know what I mean? And you certainly can't own a restaurant moving on if you don't have the customer data. And you certainly can't own a restaurant without doing marketing and advertising. Like you just have to look at these things in an investment. Like I can't wash dishes if I don't have a sink. I can't take orders if I don't have an online ordering platform. So, sure. you know, do you need to look at the cost? Yeah, of course you do, because there's different solutions you could choose. So you need a solution that works with your cost structure. Yes. Right. And for sure, something like a lunchbox or an Olo is way more expensive than like a chow now or a toast, but you know, pick the solution that works with your pricing model, but you gotta have one. Sure. Um, question for you, cause yeah, there, there's a litany of tools out there. There was before and now there is now because it's obviously doing very well and they're getting, they're getting seed capital and angel capital and, and all that fun stuff. And so that, that's expanding. And in fact, I was looking at one of your articles somewhere talking about the, the darn third parties who, speaking of uh, financing money, they were making so much money, get raising so much money and just willing to lose it to get market share that just hurting the restaurants and stuff. So we, we won't get into that really, but, but um, that is a kind of fascinating aspect uh, to look at, but let's go, let's go, let's stay here for a little bit more and then we'll move to something else. But so first party, third party, you, you learned it at your, at your buddy's restaurant figured it out. Uh, I know we haven't talked about it too much, but I know you, you, you help other restaurants with that, uh, whether it's a, what do you call it? A boot camp? You have a program, like how much learning does it take to get good at this? So, you know, I, I learned it with my buddy, Rob, but then I tried it out with five or six other restaurants and, and Jamie, it worked for everybody. Like it didn't matter. Didn't matter the size of the restaurant, didn't matter the service type, fine dining, on-premise, off-premise, QSR, pizza, coffee, donut, it worked for everybody, right? So I turned it into an online course where I was like, I, I if you have that kind of information, you have to share it. You know what I mean? Like if you can help people out, you gotta help them. So I was like, look, I'm gonna turn this into a thing where like for a couple hundred bucks, I'm gonna show you the whole thing. It's priced right now that you could basically make your money back in 20 orders. If you convert 20 people, that's like one day's worth of orders in a restaurant, it, you'll pay for the learning. And you ask how quickly can you learn it? The boot camp is, is, is designed to be six weeks, 45 days, right? And some people will see return in the first week alone, right? And the reason it's six weeks, it's not one hour is like, there's a lot, man. Yeah. There's a lot to learn, but I break it down into like little five minute lessons or seven minute lessons. So like you're a restaurant operator, you're like, I got a half hour today. Like, cool, jump into the boot camp, take two or three of the lessons. There's a private Facebook group. You can ask me questions later, like, and you go at your own pace, but you know, six weeks and you can see a hundred percent lift in first party orders. It's insane. Okay. Uh, well, we'll come back to it. We'll, we'll come, we'll might circle back to it, but if we don't, uh, where do people go to find out info on that one? Uh, so it's not publicly available. That's oh, the fun part, right? I didn't know that. So yeah, you can't, can't just go buy it. So I do like a weekly webinar, uh, where I basically teach for free, teach you all of the prints, all the strategies, like here's the things you need to know. And then at the end of the webinar, if you're like, yes, I want to do this, I give you what the link is to go sign up and be a member of it. But the webinar is free. So 
Well, you, tell them where to find the webinar, man. <laughs> it's restaurantsgrow.com slash stop third party. So it's restaurantsgrow.com slash stop third party. Okay. And if the link's broken, find me on any social media network. Yeah, this DM. dude's out there. He's, he's easy to find. You'll, you'll find him. Right, you'll find him out right there. I, I like to tell people I kill a lot of cyber trees with my internet footprint. So. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm, 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 we, we chatted the other day and as I, I go to pull up his information, he's doing all, he's, he's live on, uh, on this platform and that platform <laughs> and doing that stuff, talking with people. So yeah, you're definitely out there. T tell me about that aspect. I know you, you create content yourself, interviewing folks, uh, what are you, what are you trying to do when you go live? I mean, are you just sharing stories, looking for tips? What's that like? I mean, ultimately I'm, you know, I'm a bit of a nerd. If you couldn't tell by a pineapple Hawaiian shirt, but and a, you know, blink 182 poster, but, uh, I like to learn, like, I really like to learn. And I figure there's so many people out there that have better knowledge than I do. The only way to get it is to ask questions. Right. And so like today I did a LinkedIn live with, with Liz Basner from A and W restaurants. Like, I'm hoping she's got information everybody can learn, but really I'm just trying to learn, right? Because then ultimately like I'm trying to be the guy that has information that can help you, you know? And so, you know, going live with, or even talking to you, I'm like, what do you know that I don't know? Like what, what other information can I gather that's gonna help either a current or future client of mine to be more successful? I mean, my motivation in this, Jamie, is probably not different than yours. I like restaurants. I like going out to eat. I'm a guest. There you go. If I, if I can go out there and I can elevate the experience that a restaurant delivers to their guests, then we're all going to have better restaurant experience. Doesn't that sound awesome? That sounds awesome. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that's exactly right. No, and I mean, for me, I'm in much, much the same boat, just listening and sharing and, and trying to, and trying to give folks the tips they could do to keep doing what they're doing. And, uh, as, as we're learning through this, it's uh, well, as we know, we've been doing it for tw over 20 years now. It's not, it's the hardest business on the planet period. End of story. We don't have to talk about it any longer. It's, it's just ridiculously hard to run a profitable restaurant. Uh, it's amazingly, uh, that people, this many people even try to do it. Like it, they sign up for it. Like, let me go do that. It's not, not, not it's a low, it's a low barrier for entry for res business. I mean, you can, any Tom, Dick or Harry can go start a pizza shop. You know what I mean? Like it's not hard. I actually feel bad for restaurateurs that get taken advantage of who are in that scenario mm. that are like, Oh, you know, I make the best chili in town. Everybody says I should start a restaurant and they do. And like, don't have the education or the chops to do it. And the landlord just takes their money. Like, I hate that. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, there's so many things. It is not going to work out. Uh, there's, there's, there's so much. Let's, 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 let's kind of play with this a little bit. Uh, I'll jump out to. Dave shared a couple of links uh, with me. Uh, let's see if it works. Let's see if it works. <laughs> for, for those of you joining, Jamie's like, "What do you want to talk about?" I was like, I, "Like, I have a vast array of things that I'm excited about." I was like, "Why don't I send you a couple of case studies or stories of things that my customers have done? Maybe inspire somebody else to do something too." So. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So he sent, he sent me a couple of links. We'll look at a couple of them here. Here's one of them. I guess it looks like you, you know, well, this one's obviously posted on LinkedIn. <laughs> You're talking about, uh, this one was a pizzeria that did something. Oh, like, yeah, this was the garlic knots contest one. What, uh, walk, 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 walk us through a little bit. So this is great. I mean, and literally the headline is how to create a 352% increase in sales for a high profit margin order add-on. What restaurant doesn't want that? <laughs> You know, if you normally order, you know, a pizza and wings and soda and a salad, like let's get you to order one more item. And that's what it was my, my, my client here, Alan, who owns a really cool pizzeria in San Antonio came to me and says, Rev, I got these cheesy garlic knots. Like, you know, they're eight bucks. People love them. If I could sell more of these all, my, you know, my average order would go up. 
You know, instead of, I think his average order is 31 bucks. He's like, if this would bring it to 35. Like that would mean, uh, that means so much to my business. And it's an item people love. He said, how do we sell, how do we get more people to buy these cheesy garlic knots? And you know, the obvious answer is, well, you have to promote them, right? But we did something really cool, right? So April's National Garlic Month. And I said, why don't we do this? Why don't we choose that as the month to promote them? So like we can use it as a theme, right? It's, it's some, you know, hashtag holiday. It's a reason to post to social media. And he said, okay, cool. What do you want to do? I said, why don't we do this? Let's drop the price. We'll have an introductory price. Now, I don't like discounts. That's why we call it introductory price. So we let people know that they're five bucks for this month only. And then they're going to go up. So we, instead of saying these are $5, we said, we're giving you a break. You're going to pay more later. So it's not messaged as a discount, right? And then we promoted it with a weekly email blast and multiple social media posts, right? Now that alone would raise your average order value, but that we don't do things the simple, easy way here, okay? I said to him, let's end the month with a cheesy garlic knot eating contest. Mm. And every time we message about them, we'll tell people, hey, cheesy garlic knots are five bucks for the month for National Garlic Month. And on the 20, I think we did the 28th, Sign up here if you think you can eat a tray of garlic knots faster than anybody else, and we're gonna have a contest live on Facebook. So we had the call, we had double call to action, which was sign up for this thing and order the knots. And he had 28 customers, believe it or not, that said, I can eat a tray of cheesy garlic knots faster than anybody else. We had we had to pick, I'm sorry, 23 customers. So we picked five and we went live on Facebook. And if you scroll down, you see a screenshot of it, but we went live on Facebook for 10 minutes hosted a cheesy garlic knot eating contest. Uh, I haven't looked at this in a couple of days, but it got 11,000 people reached in his town. Okay, think about that. I don't know who's listening to this or or where your restaurant is, but if you could reach 11,000 people with a Facebook post that you didn't pay for, would you or would you not be excited? Okay, so we had 11,000 people reached, okay? We had 1,100 engagements, people saying that's cool, that's awesome, that's whatever, okay? And the bottom line here is, if we looked at March versus April, right, we had a 352% increase in the sales of that item. Jamie, this cost us nothing. We didn't buy any ads. We didn't have to go out of our way to do, we gave people a couple of t-shirts and promoted a couple of things online. You know, so Alan calls me last night, and by the way, you'll see I tagged Matt Plapp in there because Matt Matt Plapp helping us build that customer database. Yeah, right? gotta do that, yeah. But Alan texted me last night. He's like, we're doing it. We're doing an eating contest every month. Okay. <laughs> he wants to do a pizza eating contest for Father's Day. I was like, listen, I'm willing to go bad at this again. Let's try it. The well, point you, is. Just hope that, uh, listen, do, careful, what, careful around July. Don't do hot dogs. You, that Joey Chestnut guy will come in and just, just wreck everybody. I, by the way, I've judged that. I was a judge for that contest. That was a bucket list item for me was to judge the Nathan hot dog really? eating contest. And I did it. It was sick. Oh my gosh. It was so much fun. Anyway, that's a pattern interrupt. Um, yeah, funny. But the, the point is here, right? How many pizza places are in, in your town or how many restaurant competitors are where near your restaurant is? Okay. Every single one of them could be like, hey, it's National French Friday. Eat our French fries. Like you're not really differentiating yourself. You're not really making something special, right? And, you know, there are other pizza places in San Antonio where Alan's restaurant is. Right. But none of them went to this extent to promote National Garlic Month. Right. Nobody. He made himself stand out by doing something really unique. And it wasn't that hard. It didn't really take us that much time. 
and the results were ridiculous. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Just be, you're a restaurant, be entertaining. You know, yeah, I like examples like this because nobody can point to this and say, oh, I can't do that. Like there's nothing, there's nothing in that sequence that you couldn't do. It takes a little bit of work, a little bit of creativity, and you can absolutely, absolutely pull that off. And, and it was, it was four social media posts, five email blasts. That was it. It was, that was all the marketing effort that went into this. How do you, man, my stoop, my little zoom thing is in the way of where I want to click. How do I move that darn thing? Oh, you got to slide it down. I think like if you grab it and pull it down, ah, it's moved. All right. Let's let me go. click on another thing. All right. Um, oh, this one's like, awesome talk about burgers. Yeah, go for it. This one's awesome. So again, headline, how would you like to earn an extra $700 in six months for your restaurant for doing six minutes of work? Okay. There's a thing called a Google post. Okay, so if you go to your Google My Business listing for your restaurant, you can put little announcements on the bottom, right? Like a like you would write a tweet or you would write an Instagram post, you can post it there. But the thing is they're clickable, right? So you can write this little post that says, hey, you know, our special for the month is these cheesy garlic knots or whatever, okay? But here's what we did, five napkin burger, four locations in New York City, the super smart people behind this brand, super smart and really passionate about food and customer, they're amazing. Um, but what we did, is we took a first time offer code. So somebody who's never ordered online from the restaurant before we created a unique code like Google code one, whatever, right? Anybody that ended up on our Google My Business profile and clicked on one of those posts in there, it said, never ordered from five napkin before, use this code for 15% off your first order. Now again, I don't love discounts, but we told them you only get it one time, right? So it's not really a discount, it's an acquisition play, right? Set creating those Google My Business posts took us, I think, maybe even four minutes. Hmm. It was two minutes to create the code and four minutes to put, hey, first time from order, blah, blah, blah. And we put them up. And then you know what we do? Walk away, set it and forget it. We leave those posts up and we don't touch them. And in the month of March, those posts that took us five minutes to create generated $700, right? Now you're like, Rev, what about the discount? We did the math. We made $536 order profit on these right? Still $536 for five minutes of work, man, how do I get paid that kind of hourly rate all the time? You know what I mean? Super 100%. easy. And Super uh, by easy. the way, this looks uh, like a pretty delicious burger. Oh, that's their uh, pimento cheeseburger. It's uh, they're doing a different burger for each month of national hamburger month. And that's the specialty for the third week. It's delicious. Yeah. I think it's delicious. Let's, let's do one or two more real quick. Uh, I, I don't know what sequence they're in here. This one, does this look familiar to you? What do you got here? Yeah, this is another fun one. So like restaurant tours are afraid to like market. I have no idea why. If somebody follows you on oh, social God. media or somebody gives you their email address for a database, you're allowed to send them as much marketing as you want until they unsubscribe, right? They they said, I love your brand. Send me more information. This is a really cool one. So similar, similar idea. They're like, what can we try? What can we do to drive revenue? And I was like, I have an idea. And I got this idea from, from Russell Brunson. I don't know if you're Russell, but Russell told me that a restaurant did this. And I said, we're going to try it. We sent an email every single day for a week, every single day. What do you know any restaurants that email you every day? They haven't, they don't do it. Yeah. Okay. We, and I, it took a ton of convincing. I was like, we got to try, we got to try. Here's what it was. We sent an email Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, every day, four o'clock. Okay. The subject was, what can we get you for dinner? Okay. And the email, I kid you not, Jamie, it was the exact same email every single day. What can we get you for dinner? And then on the inside, it said, 
do you want us to eat with us or do you want to pick it up on your way home? Mm-hmm. There was a button to make a reservation and a button to order ahead. That's it. Okay. Monday was a picture of a burger. Tuesday was French fries. I don't remember what they all were, but essentially the only thing that changed was an image. Mm-hmm. How many images do you have for your restaurant already? Right? So we basically replicated it and we sent it every day for seven days. We drove $1.25 in revenue for every single subscriber. <laughs> it was insane, right? Now you're like, I'm afraid to email my guests that much. You know what our unsubscribe rate was for that week? Less than a percent. Right. 0.74%. Do you think we're still emailing guests for this uh, for this restaurant? You bet your ass, pardon my apology. You, we email, we now email, we email three times more frequently than we used to before this because we know exactly how much, re- we can actually calculate the amount of revenue that we're gonna drive by sending an email now. If you knew that you're gonna put a dollar into a slot machine and get six bucks back, how many dollars would you put in the slot machine and how often would you do it? You would keep doing it as often as you could until until somebody pulled you away from the machine. <laughs> Hundred percent. Email your guests, man. Oh my God. And here's here. I'll give you another tip. This is not none of these case studies will tell you this one. Most marketers or restaurant operators think, hey, I'm gonna email you on Monday about my pizza shop because I'm gonna try to get. That's the day I'm not busy, mm-hmm. right? So let me get you to order a pizza. Well, here's the thing, Jamie. Do you eat pizza on Mondays? If I did, it was random. I mean, yeah. Most people don't, right? By me asking you to buy a pizza on a day you're not buying a pizza, I'm asking you to switch a habit. That's a big ask, right? Mm-hmm. Jamie, do you ever order a pizza on a Friday? Uh, yes, sir. Okay, how many pizza places are in your town? Uh, like a zillion or a zillion and a right. half. So wouldn't it be smarter if I emailed you on the day you're going to order a pizza and get you to order mine instead of somebody else's, right? You should not be emailing people on Mondays trying to get them to order pizza. You should email them on a Friday or a Saturday. So they make sure that when they do want a pizza, they pick you, right? And the yeah. same goes for opposite. If you're a salad place, email me about salads on Monday. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, right? put, you know, plant, you know, remove the, you want to basically go where the money is. Totally I, a boss move. I made, I made two notes here. One, uh, it is, it's okay to cuss. Don't feel bad if you do that. <laughs> Don't hold back. That's fine. Thank you. Two, I want, I, I want to talk about uh, social platforms because you referenced, you referenced a few. I think I know the answer. You're going to say, you, you know, use them all, use as many as you can, but, but any, any, any learnings there that you, that you want to share, like, Hey, do this on Facebook. Hey, you know, Twitter, this Instagram, that LinkedIn, that YouTube, that like, should people just be as many places as they can? What do you think? No, no, focus a couple. You, focus a little you bit. should be using the platforms that you have the ability to update with frequency mm-hmm. or, you know, or consistency is a better word, right? So if you can update um, Twitter, Pinterest, TikTok, LinkedIn, Google My Business, Facebook, and Instagram every other day, every week, then do all of those. Mm-hmm. If you only have the ability to update Instagram every other day, then just do that. Like pick the one or two or three that you know you can be consistent with and stick with those, right? You do not need to be everywhere. Now, you do need to manage your presence everywhere, mm-hmm. right? So you do need to be managing your name, address, uh, uh, name, address, phone number, hours of operation, menu, and photos 
everywhere. That Google being Yahoo, Foursquare, TripAdvisor being blah, blah. And there's software that makes that super easy. That you do have to do, but you do not need to be active on every social media account. Yeah. And listen, you talked about frequency with that aspect of, of the social platforms. Make sure you got a consistent pattern. You talked about frequency with email and people are uh, resistant to email more than once, once a week. Uh, sometimes it's once a month. Oh, I can only do it once a month. Um, if you look at the big brands, if I were to pull up my, uh, my, my, my email here, all the big brands are, are kind of annoying because they do send me something every single day. And I don't mean restaurant brands. I mean like kind of like retailers and stuff like it's kind of enough, but there's certain things like you're, you're scared, you're, and yet I don't unsubscribe. So it's not pissing me off. I'm just waiting for the right time to take action. So um, yeah, don't, don't be, don't be shy. If they, if they're sick, if they're sick of you, they'll unsubscribe. And if they unsubscribe, it's, it's probably not the best, the best fit long-term. So that that's definitely one, one way to look at it. Um, let's do one more and then, and then we'll, we'll start to head. I don't know if you have a favorite. This is I love, I love re we're like restaurant marketing success roulette here. You're like, oh, let's pick a bullet. Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> this is, looks like heart shaped pizza. You want to talk about that one? We yeah. Got, so this uh, something about January. What do you want to do? You want go, go, go to the pizza about one? Pizza, pizza, pizza. Go, right. So this is a fun one. So I put out an ebook uh, in February called How to Sell a Ridiculous Amount of Heart Shaped Pizza for Valentine's Day. Right. Again, this is one of those things like, sure, lots of pizza shops sell heart-shaped pizza, but like, how do you be the place that somebody chooses, right? So I put out a book, 10, these are the 10 things. If you do these 10 things, you will sell a ridiculous amount of heart-shaped pizza. Now we won't go through all of them on, you can just go get the ebook and read them. Uh, but there's examples of a couple restaurants that literally were like, okay, Rev, we're gonna take your, uh, you're gonna take your suggestion and we're gonna roll with them. Uh, Cascarino's in Montgomery, New Jersey. Uh, I've actually never been here. But they actually tripled the amount of pizzas they'd sold from the year before, tripled, right, by using the 10 things I said you should do. Ferrazzoli's, which is my local pizza spot, I love them, I talk about them all the time, they had an increase of 145% sold year over year, right? By the way, I think the picture on the, not the cover, but like the main story in the book is about Ferrazzoli's. So uh, that's how actually how I learned this. We tested it out last year and it worked. And it's funny, Matt Ferrazzoli called me in January. He's like, are we doing it again? I was like, I'll be over today. So, uh, and I was actually, I was on the walking home from Ferrazzoli's and I was like, I need to teach this to all restaurants. I came home and I sat down and I wrote that book in two hours. Um, Quincy, Massachusetts alumni, um, they did this. They literally jumped on this idea. Like they got my book two days, I think like February 12th and did what they could in two days mm. and with no effort sold 30 pizzas. Like it was great. Right. Again, and then Sophia's, this is, this is the, this is the big winner here. Okay. Sophia's in San Antonio. They did every single thing I had in the book word for word. Like if it was in there, they did it. And I'm not trying to make myself look awesome. I was just like, look, I know these things work. They sold 500% more heart-shaped pizzas than the year before. It was in, like, he literally like on certain days had to turn it off. He's like, I can't move. It's like, I can't move fast enough to do these. So get get that book. Yeah, well, all right. So is that, if, if they find, again, they, should they go to LinkedIn to, to grab this thing? Where, where, where do you get this? Oh yeah, restaurantsgrow.com. Uh, just, just DM me and I'll send you the link. So that's the easiest way. But I think it's, uh, I think that it's like uh, bit.ly slash, hold on, I'll tell you. Oh, sorry, I don't have my keyboard plugged in because I have my mic plugged in. No problemo. So but anyway, find them online, get, get, get that book. In fact, uh, I, the last thing I have here, you talked about, is this a brand new book you were trying to tell me? Yes. Like the like brand, brand new? Okay, hold on. So the link for that one is bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y. Yeah. 
slash pizza v day p-i-z-z-a the letter v and d-a-y so bit.ly slash pizza v day and you can get that one so Uh, try to overlay uh, that on the uh, video when we produce this sucker uh pizza v day okay gotcha and then this one just came out it's the same idea how to sell a ridiculous amount of burgers for national hamburger day the guy that can generate an 18 percent lift in business so it's it's almost honest to god jamie it's almost the exact same book i did like a find and replace a burger and pizza mm. made a few adjustments for, for the holiday there but same five napkin last year we were in the middle of the pandemic it's may it doesn't look like restaurant dining rooms are opening up. We're like, what are we, we're like bleeding here. What are we going to do? Robert came to me. He's like, Rev, come up with something. And I was like, well, May is National Hamburger Month. May 28th is National Hamburger Day. What can we do? And this guide will walk you through a step-by-step guide that we used to have an 18% one day left in business. And the thing is like, Jamie, I know it says burgers on the cover, but it's a skeleton, mm-hmm. right? It's a, it's a bullet points. You could do this for National French Friday. You could do it for, you know, Peach Melba Day. That's a day. National Pfeffernoose Day. If you sell Pfeffernoose, I just like that word. Uh, it's a guide. It's an 11-step process. If you do all 11 things in that book, you will see a massive lift in your business around a hashtag holiday. Well, that's a great... Uh... Yeah, see, I'm looking at the graphic here that has the 11 steps. So cool. And is this thing uh, ebook, right? It's just a download and, and well, if, right you wanna, if you want to send me the 30 bucks, I will print one out and send it to you. Uh, but you can save yourself the 30 bucks and just go get it for free online. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Hey, some people like to touch stuff. I like to touch books every once in a while. It's fine. You know, I print them out for myself because I like to touch my own work. But... It's totally fine to do it. Well, yeah, uh, I, mean, ju- I mean, let me jump out there. And as, as, as we wrap, we hit on a lot. I mean, we could talk for freaking two days about all this stuff because it's fun to talk about. Anything you want to share as we wrap up, whether it's uh, going out to a, a book and a last tip, something that, that you said, Jamie, why the hell didn't you bring that up? What, what do you think? Well, look, this this will resonate, I think, with you and probably a lot of your audience. Look, my life motto is this. Be awesome at two things and outsource everything else, right? You cannot master everything, and especially as a restaurant operator, you, you can't be your bookkeeper and manage your employees and be the chef and do marketing. Like, you can't do all of those things. It's stupid. You would never, you'll never be successful. So if there's something that you know you need, right, and you can't figure it out or you're not going to do as good a job as you need, get somebody to help you, right? There's a lot of people out there, even if you're just going to go buy a course or you're just going to ask for help, like don't think you have all the answers and don't think you can do all the work. You you hired a dishwasher, you should hire a marketer, right? You, you, hire, you hired a cook, you should hire a bookkeeper. Like outsource to the people or bring people in that can help you do the things that you're not ever going to be good at. It's a good point, man. I know, uh, especially in the in the restaurant business where we're like trying to save a little money here and there. It's like, oh, I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll get to that. And of course, you know, we we don't get to don't get to those things, and they don't get done, and they don't get done right. So, a lot of awesome tips there. This guy is online. You can find him everywhere. Uh, Re- uh, David Rev Ciancio. David Rev Ciancio. Uh, he is out there, branded strategic hospitality, uh, as well as a, a few other places. He's on all the platforms. Uh, grab the eBooks for sure. Uh, we'll put the links in the notes. We'll put the links right on kind of the, the screen when the when the episode is out uh, to help get you to those places. Good stuff, man. I appreciate you being here. Uh, Thank you. For- Uh, For more great restaurant marketing and operations and service and people and tech tips, uh, be sure to stay stay tuned to us here at runningrestaurants.com. We'll see you next time. Thanks, David. Thank you.